What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Slam Dunk Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Noah Jensen, alongside Joe Blansky and Kellen Voss. D'Angelo Starks will be joining us here in a little bit. But, guys, it was a weird day for all yesterday, and so hopefully us being able to talk about sports will uh, just take our minds off of it for, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a lot, lot of lot – of... A lot of uh, we lived through a historical event. That, yes. So I mean, it'd be it'd be criminal of us not to at least at least mention that 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 it's we we witnessed something that happened to a to a uh, Capitol building in the United States for the first time in like two hundred years, and it, it was wild. And it's going to be one of those days where we're going to tell our kids where we were when it happened, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's it's uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that happened. Um, but this is a nice escape from the the whole news of that. Just because I I don't know about you guys, but I've just been like, I've been I've been taking in as much news as I possibly can over the last um, uh, probably thirty six hours, just to like make sure that like everything is still okay mm-hmm. and everything like that. Like it's it's just a pretty wild time that we're living in. It, it really is, especially too, because I don't see this like this is like just the beginning of some crazy shit too. So yeah, I've definitely been like glued and. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to hard not to see everything that's going on. I mean, every every time I check Twitter, I'm hoping to just sort of. I, I mean, I, I understand with everything going on, you just want to want to see something a little different. But it's just all everything that's going on in Washington right now. That's all. That's all everybody's talking about. Rightfully so. I mean, that's what. Yeah. No. No doubt about yeah. it. Like it's like days like to yesterday, seeing the like seeing seeing like it's always nice following the beat writers we follow for the Pistons like. Omari Sankofa and James Edwards like I read all their stuff on a on a weekly basis but like it was weird seeing them tweet like oh the Pistons are down 15 in the third quarter and it's like that doesn't really matter right no like it was a day that just like sports didn't really didn't really matter Mm -hmm. and um it's uh uh yeah I mean this is a it's a it's crazy everything that happened but um being able to talk with you guys is a nice, I don't want, I feel like distraction is not the right word. Cause I think we, we need to have conversations about this, but um, it's a nice escape from it. Yeah. It, it, we get a, we get a little bit of escape for it uh, from it here for an hour or so. And so it'll be, it'll be good to be able to talk a little sports right now. And let's, let's jump in to those Pistons that you mentioned, Kellen. Um, they suffered a bit of a blow uh, to their roster. Number seven overall pick Killian Hayes suffered a hip flexor injury. It, 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 they they say it's torn, um, but there are some uh, reports saying he could only miss four to six weeks. If it's not too bad, he could rehab it. But that could lead to more nagging injuries throughout his career. So at 19 in a season that doesn't really matter for this Pistons team, it's probably for the best to just get that surgery. No, yeah, 100%. The Pistons are... The Pistons at this point are probably the only team in the Eastern Conference that doesn't that doesn't really have a chance at even the playing game. So, like, it sucks to say that two weeks into the season, but yeah, I mean, I what's our? I guess we can start with this, and I want to hear from D'Angelo when he gets when he's able to hop on here too about this. But he's like, on, boy. I, I, I you don't want to say you don't want to say legacy necessarily, but like the lasting memory for Killian for me for this rookie season is just that he just need he just needs some confidence, and I feel bad for the guy. Just obviously with the injury, you never want to see a young guy miss six to nine months. Like he's looking like he's gonna miss, but um, 
you know, he didn't have summer league. He didn't have the months ahead to train with his teammates. It was really uh, on top of being in a pandemic and on top of all the Zoom meetings that he had to deal with through the traditional um, draft process. Uh, I don't blame the slow start that he had. Um, like I, I don't, I don't feel like the slow, the slow start wasn't. Um, it, it was justified at least to a certain extent with that rush of everything. But he just never really got his footing. He never really had confidence. Um, and I, I want to see him uh, hit the gym this uh, once, uh, once he's done rehabbing, and uh, maybe he can instill some confidence playing next to uh, Kate Cunningham, hopefully next season. So, yeah, that would be awesome if, if we're able to. If we're able to snag another guard to, to pair next to him. Yeah, it was just – he had some good moments, definitely, that, that game against the Hawks. Granted, it, it, it was a – it wasn't a great efficiency night for him, but he had 10 points, 8 assists, you know. Really, really – you were able to see what he could bring to an offense here early on in his career. And, yeah, just sort of getting some confidence, you know. Um, potentially this – the hit problem could have been affecting him uh, throughout the whole year, just because, you know, he didn't have he in any of the film you saw in the French leagues or in Ulm, wherever he was playing, you didn't see great burst, but you didn't see like the burst wasn't as bad as what we saw here in the NBA. And maybe that's just playing against better, more athletic players, or uh, he, he's, he's been having some problems for longer than we, we had originally known. And so hopefully that's the case. And hopefully he can, he can make a full recovery. And, um, if it's a, if it's something where, you know, he's not necessarily going to be the, the point guard of the future. And maybe we bring in like a Cade who can be being a number two option for Killian Hayes is definitely not, not bad, especially with the class that we have coming in. And D'Angelo, I think you're able to get back on now. And so what are, what are your thoughts? What, what would your lasting memory be, I guess, of, of Killian's shortened rookie season, if this does seem to be uh, his, the end of his uh, year? Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. You know, it's it's pretty bittersweet. It it was crazy how excited we got um, back on that live pod that we did, and we we just couldn't stop talking about how happy we were that we were actually able to get him. And of course, I think the only thing we can really say about his rookie season um, is there's there's just a lot of lot of work to do, and we knew that, and it, it's okay. He did some good things. He's a good playmaker and we know that for sure. It's just um, now we'll see what he does with this off time, like with what he can, you know, is he going to be a guy who really like studies the game and and breaks it down and tries to get better mentally? Because I think he could certainly take a step up there. You know, he's a 19 year old point guard. Um, I guess we'll, we'll probably learn a lot about his worth work ethic, which I think is tremendously high. And I, I just hope that he's going to be all right because we know what this injury looks like when it doesn't heal properly. So I I really just hope it gets taken with the level of seriousness that it needs. If he needs surgery, do it. There's no need to rush him back in this weird season when he didn't even get a training camp in summer league. Just let him fully recover and come back and treat next year like it's his rookie year. I think that would be the best course of action and just hope that he can jump right in next year and kind of pick up where he left off. It's, it was a sad day for me and point guards I care about, or a sad few days in point guards I care about yeah. for sure. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Markel going so down with that ACL injury. I mean, it was just such a, 
such a weird play too. He just planted on that left foot and yeah. just it just gave out on him. And like and you have been so good before then too. Yeah, was, I'm glad he got paid before it. Like as, like as among any like I yes. hope he comes back healthy. And ACL isn't the death wish that it used to be, but man, it still sucks when a guy like him yeah. is having his breakout year and that happens. The I magic to, in general. I hate to just compare- that. Yeah. yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go no, ahead. sorry. I was just gonna say the the magic in general. You know, Jonathan Isaac being uh, getting that injury in the bubble last year, having to miss this entire year. Now you have Markel Fultz. You hope they can stay healthy because they did look really solid here to start the start the season, and they have they have some young talent there uh, that that they're gonna really be missing. Yeah, no doubt about it. I um I actually was listening to a Zach Lowe podcast the other day. And he had uh, Brian Windhorst on. And Brian Windhorst actually threw out Orlando as a potential um, sleeper trade destination for James Harden. I mean, uh, they have uh, apparently they have a lot of cap space for it. I don't know necessarily who the Rockets would want in return. I, I My guess would be something to the extent of like Cole Anthony, maybe like Aaron Gordon and just a, trapped, a crap ton of draft picks. I don't necessarily know how the salaries would work, but it would be interesting. Like this has always been a, this has always been one of the rosters that where you look at it and it's not like, it's not a crazy good roster, but it's just the guys play well together and they mesh together. Well, and Steve Clifford's a good coach. And um, I don't know, like that, that that's a, it, they're, they're for sure a, they're going to be in that um, seven to 10 range for sure. The playing, the playing tournament. Oh yeah. Day. Yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. even without Markel, yeah, for sure. Yeah, even without even without that, I think they'll they'll make a move, maybe to bring in a guard, maybe if they can't pull off a James Harden trade, you know, they they move for a veteran guard like a Derrick Rose that, that the Pistons need to move off of, you know, maybe because he's gonna. I, what we've seen from Derrick early in the first few games of the year didn't look like himself. These last few nights, though, even though he went out with a with a knee bruise last night, he, he's looking like last year's self. He's starting to shoot the ball a little better, starting to get into the lane a little easier. So maybe adding a point guard like him, uh, they're they they I think they'll they're going to miss a guy like DJ Augustine like they had last year on this team or the last few years I should say. Right. And so bringing bringing in a point guard, a veteran point guard like Rose to to help them get a, a little push to the playoffs, especially after losing a guard like Markel. Yeah. Um. I you really only have, uh. Gosh, I want to say Cole's the only other point guard on that roster. Uh, you got, I'm gonna, you got, uh, you got Michael Carter. Michael, I have their roster in front of me. You got Michael okay. Carter Williams, and then Jordan Bones, actually their third string point guard. So, okay, so yeah, so Michael Carter Williams is yeah. their only, yeah, viable yeah. Point guard Rose, option. Rose would automatically be their sixth man if he joined that roster, hundred percent. Yeah, and that, I think that would help them for for push and like. I don't know if we 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 would get a first round out of Orlando. I doubt it, but just to get some picks back, any sort of picks at all would be nice. Maybe a, a young player that they want to move off of. Who knows what what direction Orlando wants to take? But there's going to be options for them, and they could definitely be a team to make a move here real quick. Just to touch on the Pistons real quick before we move on to the NFL playoff picture. Um, definitely not a lost season though for the Pistons, even though. We're losing out on our top draft pick. We still have guys like Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart who are who are exceeding expectations already. Uh, Sadiq Bay, I think, has uh, the second most threes of a rookie ever yeah. through his first seven games. 
Uh, he right behind he's Lowry Markman, who had seven. And so, yeah, it, it, a really good start for Zadik. Isaiah Stewart just brings amazing effort uh, both ends of the court. Uh, he leads, I think, rookies in rebounding. Sadiq leads rookies in three-point shooting. Sadiq can't score inside the three-point line, which is a bit of a concern, but I think that'll come. And then you have other guys like Jeremy Grant, who's, who's thriving in, as a lead option for us, averaging 23-7, and seven, I want to say. Yeah. And then uh, Josh Jackson, once he comes back from this injury, he, I mean, we have, we have some really nice young pieces. And uh, Saban Lee had his debut last night. That shot is <laughs> very broken. Yeah. Uh, but everything else, everything else looks, everything else looks good. The the energy he brings. So that'll be it'll be nice just to see those guys and see how they progress uh, throughout the season. I kind of want to see a little Frank Jackson too. If I'm being honest. Oh yeah. I, I want to see. I want to at least see what he is with that two way deal. But um, yeah. I mean, uh, Stewart is he he leads the league in um, offensive rebounding among rookies. Uh, he's actually like 20th in the league. He's above kind of some guys like Jonas Jonas Valanciunas. Um, so that's. That's encouraging to see. He's just ener- all energy all the time. Passionate kid. I loved him mm-hmm. drawing at Giannis at Giannis last night. That that was that was awesome. That was so- Giannis is the fakest tough guy this league has ever seen. Yeah, without a doubt, hundred percent. Have you guys? Do you guys I, like the nickname that Pistons Twitter has given him, Beef Stew? Do you guys like that? I think that's yeah. Fitting. I, I like yeah, it's, too, it's pretty fitting. I'm a fan. It makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it 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 works well for him. So yeah, and maybe maybe get some Davidas Servitas minutes in there. You know, he made his debut. He only played a minute last night, but maybe maybe seeing him out there, uh, extending extending his range a little bit, and seeing if he actually has what it takes to make an elite. Because uh, some reports that we read when he got signed was he wasn't very good in the in the league he played in last year. So, you know, who knows what we're what we're gonna get ourselves into. All I know is you also gotta see we're the, probably gonna be the worst team in the You also league. gotta see I also if I'm a Pistons fan, I gotta see a little more of Seku. We gotta know what we have with him. I don't know what's happening with yeah. him, why he's why he hasn't gotten the minute. Like I guess I guess the I do know why. It's because Grant and Griffin play the exact same position as him and the coaching staff seems to Seems to, I mean, obviously Grant is their 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 number one option on offense. So you kind of need to play him for good portions of the game. But I, I do want to see more minutes from Seiko just to see what we have. I mean, we invested so much into the guy. He's one of the only young guys that we that we kept pre Troy Weaver coming in. So you got to see you got to see what you have out of him, and that's probably should be one of your focuses going going forward this season. I think Sadiq playing better than anticipated is sort of stealing some of those three minutes. For yeah. Him. Yeah. No. Uh, so I, so that, that probably plays a part into it, but yeah, once, once either Blake is off the team or he inevitably is out with an injury, um, we'll probably see Seku getting some more time out there. And he, but the minutes he gets, he, he does a really good job in those minutes. So at least he's leaving a good impression for Dwayne Casey uh, moving forward. Uh, let's move on to the NFL playoffs. The Chiefs and the Packers are the one seeds in their respective conferences. Uh, or, and so this weekend we have the wild card matchups. Let's start in the AFC, and we'll start with a uh, division matchup in the AFC, and that's the Browns and the Steelers. They'll be going up against each other this weekend. And This is a bummer, this game. 
you know, the way the yeah, yeah, it's just it's not I, of all the games, it's gonna be the. Least I think exciting, originally I think. it could have been. Uh, I because, think it was gonna be good. Yep. And I think that the Browns yeah. were going to be my pick. And then they just got destroyed by COVID yep. again. And it's it sucks so bad for them. Like, they finally get here. They're actually a good mm-hmm. team, and they have a chance of making it out of the wild card round. And they just get ah. – Yeah, I feel bad for Browns fans. Like, as insufferable as they can be at times, this is tough. This is This is not what you want to see. No, not at all. So, and even with the way, you know, the the Pittsburgh defense has just been, just everything is taken away from them by injury this year. They're two two of their, I mean, they still have TJ Watt, who is probably going to win defensive player of the year. Definitely. By the looks of things. I'd say either him or Donald. It's him or Donald. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely him or Donald, but I think the edge is going to go. D. Roy, I, yeah, I, sure. He's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year without a doubt, but I don't know if he'll get. Um, it's just it, it's just going to be a weird matchup, you know. They don't have uh, what players uh, are just Cleveland says, going to be missing. Uh, I, have, I I all I heard was Stefan. I know Stefanski's not going to be coaching. Yeah. Uh, Joel B. Betonio, one of the one of the most. Uh, Probably one of the one of the most um, veteran. He's a veteran Pro Bowl offensive lineman. What sucks for him is he was he's the longest. So he's the longest standing Brown on the team. Like he was there for the zero and sixteen season. He was there for the one and fifteen season. I want to say this is like his seventh or eighth year, and he finally gets to make the playoffs. And he and and like he got the game ball after their win. Um, on Sunday because he's the long, like he's the veteran Brown and he doesn't play in this game. That really sucks. There's that really. Sucks. Yeah. I mean, I mean a certain portion of it though, you got to say like, I don't think I've seen enough people say this where it's like, we, I mean, it, yeah, it sucks that they got COVID, but like their wide receiver room had it three weeks ago and their cornerback yep. had it two weeks ago. Like I understand like the NFL is making you push through this stuff, but like, I kind of feel like the spread could have been prevented in a way if you just like close up the facility sooner um, and then you prevent this from happening. But I mean, it, yeah, it's it, for a fan base who hasn't made the playoffs in as long as Cleveland has. And, and we, we know those pains being Detroit lions fans uh, that, that does suck quite a bit for, for Browns fans. But yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they, they probably still have a good chance to win this game even without, even without I, the fans. I thought so today. too. I just found this tweet uh, when I was looking to try to see if I could find the players uh, just the his, Jake Trotter covers the Browns for ESPN, and he said the Browns haven't practiced all week. Their head coach has COVID. Their building remains closed. Their quarterback hasn't thrown a pass since Sunday, and they have half a, half a dozen starters on the virus list. So it seems like, uh, yeah, it seems like things aren't aren't really gonna go too well for them, even with Pittsburgh not being at their peak I think it might just be too much for them to overcome unfortunately because if they win this and that would be very impressive they certainly still have a lot of talent to do it I just don't I don't know playing without your head coach in your first playoff game with a shaky quarterback who hasn't gotten to practice all week that feels rough and the last time they got beat down by COVID 
they didn't even utilize their two running backs that are like among the best 10 to 15 running backs in the league. So if they just go out and throw the ball a bunch again, they're going to lose. They got to establish the run. And I just don't know if they're going to do that because we haven't seen them do it when they were affected by it before, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably lean Steelers here with all that going on in uh, yeah, like in Cleveland. It's it's hard to it's hard to pick pick a team that's not going to have practiced fully at least more than once going into a, a playoff game. Um, if they're able to unleash Chubb and Hunt and really utilize them, then I I could see them stealing this one, but. Yeah, I would probably I'd probably lean Pittsburgh here. Yeah. With yeah. everything that's going on. Cause you just even look um, like, okay, so like the Browns without their head coach versus a coach who this is like not a new for like territory for him with Tomlin. I mean like in terms yeah. of like the playoffs too. Right? Like it's just way too slanted for Pittsburgh. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, next game on the docket. Colts and Bills. Um I I love the Colt or the Bills here. Uh, I don't yep. think Philip Rivers has enough in the tank to get nope. it done. Colts defense is good, but not good enough to stop arguably the best offense going right now in the NFL. Uh, Josh Allen has been lights out all year long. MVP um, candidate Josh Allen. MVP candidate Josh Allen has he's been lights out. Um, the defense is starting to figure it out again, like they did last year a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, I really like their chances and I foresee them in the AFC championship against Kansas city and Bill's mafias coming back. You get a dome team versus an outdoor team, you know, you factor in that kind of stuff, well, gonna be fans. but yeah, Buffalo's going to be hard fans there for the bills too. Like there's like a little bit of fans that are going to be there. 6,000. Yeah. yeah 6,000. It's like 6,700, something like that. So, so I got a fun mm-hmm. stat for you, Joe. Yeah. I know you're going to eat this up. So I, I wrote a piece for Clutch Points yesterday about why Josh Allen legitimately has a chance to be the MVP. And I found this. There was an article that came out yesterday, a big one, on ESPN.com um, from Kevin Van Valkenburg, one of their senior football writers. And he had this stat in there. So Allen's actually still one of the – he's he throws a deep ball quite a bit. He's top five in all deep ball stats, deep ball attempts, that kind of a thing. But he's actually still completed 69.2% of his passes – which is the 25th best mark in NFL history. And it's a mark that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have never hit in a single season. Kind of- That's what I'm saying. Like he's still, he's still airing out the ball and is still like, has the gunslinger mentality of like a, a Brett Favre or a prime Ben Roethlisberger, but he's still completing it at such an accurate rate. The improvement we've seen out of him uh, on top of this bills team rolling and having all the momentum, there's a reason they put this game at 1 p.m. on Saturday, and it's because it's going to be a blowout, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I haven't seen much from yep. the Colts lately to, to make me think anything. Otherwise, there was a while there when it seemed like they might have the best defense in the league, and they were really going. But they've kind of come back down to earth, and they seem like a team who, um, barring injury and not getting a quarterback this offseason – who they should be right there competing with the Titans for the AFC South next year. Uh, yep. It's just it's just not their year, and they're running into the hottest team oh, in the yeah. league and the hottest offense in the league. And yeah, I agree with everyone else. I think they're probably going to get beat down, yeah. and it's just that's all right. They made the playoffs. Philip Rivers will go out, and 
it'll be it'll be fine. Nobody will be sad about it. I don't not too sad about it, I don't think. Yeah. No. I don't uh, think anybody wants to watch Philip Rose. Anyone would be yeah. sad about it, other than like his his family no. members. I think Philip Rivers. He needs to be the in final the final matchup. Booth. I want him in the Monday Night booth. I want. I want. I think he replaces Brian Tracy next year. I think that's mm. his move because he's a, he's always been a good interview. He's always been a good interview. You can tell by the way that he speaks about football that he wants to go into commentating about football. And I think you put him with you put him with Levy. And I bet Riddick probably takes some sort of general managing job, uh, maybe for the Lions, hopefully. But um, I think that I think I think that's his destiny next season. Is he takes the Monday night, he takes the Monday night color spot. See, I I could see him going into coaching before I could see him going in, into TV. That, that, yeah, I would I would bet that one. He's just a real character though, too. Like he's always they always seem to mic him up for games, like when they. When they're when they're picking guys to mic up, it, it always seems like he's the guy on Fox or or wherever they're doing games that he's he's the one that's that's got the mic on him. And so and you see how big of a character he is. And so I, I agree with Kellen. I'd like to see him go the TV route for sure. Uh, the final game in the AFC, we have a rematch of last year's divisional round game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Baltimore uh, just hit a roadblock last year against the Titans and just couldn't get anything going offensively. Derrick Henry was phenomenal as as well as that defense. But this year, while Derrick Henry is even better than he was last year, the defense has taken a huge step backwards. Yeah, see, I I don't know. I feel like it's got to be Baltimore, right? Like, yes, the the Titans have Derrick Henry. Yes, they have good wide receivers on the outside. I don't think that defense can be able to stop the way Baltimore is going to move the ball, right? Because if part like you don't have to throw the ball here, you just run it down their throats and beat them at their own game. I, yeah, I and, think and Baltimore I'm will win. Baltimore just because, like Noah said, and like we've seen the past few weeks, uh, this Titans defense is is not good. It's it's not good at all, and the the Ravens haven't really played the toughest schedule this year. But they're starting to play well offensively, and it seems like they're kind of figuring things out with the injuries they've been dealing with. And I think as long as they're not missing too many people when they play on Sunday, I think they should be Baltimore seed-wise upsetting the Titans. I think as long as Marlon Humphrey plays, he's a little banged up right now, he should be able to lock down A.J. Brown as best as you can. And obviously they have Marcus Peters on the other side. So I don't think it'll be the Titans passing game will be able to flourish like it like they like it to. But you never know. Maybe Derrick Henry has one of those like Marshawn Lynch and you know, one of those beast mode games. You just you never know with him. He could take over any game at any point. So if he gets going, Tennessee could flip it really fast. But I got Baltimore personally. That's that's what I was going to mention. It's it's kind of gone under the radar that he's had a two thousand yard season. This 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 I mean, ending it off with uh, two hundred fifty yards against the Texans last week. Um, but yeah, I I wanna I wanna uh, disagree with you guys for the content, honestly. But watching that Titans uh, defense not being able to get off the field on third down against the Lions, like this is just not the same team that made the run last year defensively. 
Henry is good, and, and Tannehill, I think, took a big Tannehill, – Tannehill's leap kind of got overshadowed by Josh Allen's leap this season, but he took a similar leap, and I, I just think that this is uh, – the, this is a game that Baltimore has been thinking. This is a game that uh, Jackson's been thinking about for an entire year. Um, and I, I think this is really, this is a game where he, where he and the Baltimore offense looks really good. They control the pace. It's like a 23 to 10 kind of game, I would say. I've... Yeah. And then we get a, we, then we get a Baltimore. Yeah, I think it should just be mentioned that, if this doesn't go well for Baltimore and they lose again and it's another really bad performance offensively, I, I don't know if they're going to do anything drastic, but that gets uh, that puts a lot of pressure on Lamar and a lot of pressure on the people on the offensive side of the ball to kind of figure things out. And you could probably see some shuffling of the coaching staff if that happens again because we've seen two years in a row this offense just sputter and completely get shut down. So I think that's the thing I'm most excited to watch is to see how they kind of deal with two straight years of not being able to play offense in the playoffs. Like I think in, unless like Henry has some kind of like bananas type game, it's going to be harder for Tennessee to win. Cause at that point you're keeping Baltimore on the sideline, but like, Again, it'd have to be a Herculean effort for, for Tennessee to be able to win this game. Yeah. Moving on to the NFC, the first matchup I want to talk about probably is the hardest one to pick, I would have to say, of all six matchups this weekend, and that's uh, L.A. and Seattle. Hmm. The Rams, uh, the last time they met, were uh, neither team could really do much on offense, but Seattle's defense – the last few weeks has really came into its own. They were one of the worst defenses in the league to start the year, and now they're definitely not the Legion of Boom like we saw in years past, but they, they are starting to to show their teeth a little more. And up front, they got their guys back. Uh, Jamal Adams is having, a, is having a good second half of the year. Um, and, you know, we aren't sure if Jared Goff is going to be able They're to go. They're keeping it a real tight lid on so they don't want Seattle to know, which I respect. Yeah. Um, but that makes it really hard to predict this game. It makes it really hard to, like, say something and, and feel good about it. I, I'm. Pro- Me too. I'm probably going to lean Seattle purely mm-hmm. for the fact that Russell Wilson is on their LA does have the best defense. LA doesn't though. have that's him. The, that's the only Basically, thing. I think that's the, the oh. they do. They do, but I, I, I don't know how well that often. I mean, we already saw once. Maybe it was, maybe it was a uh, a strategic move by McVeigh not to show much in that first game against or in that second game of the year against Seattle. Uh, to in, in in thinking that they were going to match up here in the playoffs, maybe that's what he was doing. But I I don't I don't know. Uh, Goff just hasn't really been himself. Even if even a healthy Goff hasn't been great this year, and if you have an injured Goff, uh, then I I just I worry what their offense is going to be able to do. Uh, the running attack isn't. Uh, even though a three-headed monster back there, not not great, not to the levels of what Todd Gurley was able to 
get their rushing attack at. Yeah, so I, was, I would I would have to lean. Uh, Seattle I was just I was just gonna say I was trying to play devil's advocate there for a second, but uh, I I have to agree. I can't put my my faith and my my pick on a team whose quarterback was like Noah said already playing pretty. He had a pretty rough season overall, um, a rough enough season to like spark rumors about the decisions they're going to have to make this offseason regarding him and trying to offload a terrible contract that they gave him way too early. But I, this is just always a fun matchup when they play, and I'm excited. I have to go Seattle uh, because I saw them do some things in the last game that they played. Uh, obviously, the there was a lot of talk around – the first game they played because DK Metcalf was held to did he, he was held catchless right um, by Jalen Ramsey, and then in the second yeah, game, so. they frustrated Jalen Ramsey because they kept motioning and running DK away from Jalen Ramsey. He was running crossing routes away from Ramsey, and Ramsey wasn't following on those routes. They were using him really smart, and I think Seattle just has the upper hand in this one, health wise. And like Noah said, quarterback-wise, I just think that they, they have a little bit too much for the Rams to handle right now. Like you're putting like you're putting like two of the team's best strengths against each other, LA's right. defense and then Seattle's offense, right? So like I just don't think there's enough on the table there for the Rams on the offensive side of the ball to make up that gap. Like it it could get ugly fast, but who knows? Maybe if Goff gets in, but I don't know. Golf is okay. He the offense could do more with him I than Wolford. Imagine but, I um I don't really I'm not blown away by Goff. I, I don't really just think that like he's gonna be the guy to get him over to hump. He's a very middle of the road. But again, with that defense, that's sometimes all you need. But they don't stand a chance if Goff isn't playing. They stand like a five percent chance I, he I, is. Yeah, I I like this Rams this Rams defense is obviously one of the best in the league. And Aaron Donald, the way he's able to impact the game as a defensive tackle is 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 in a, is is really something that we haven't really seen in football in a long time. However, John Wolford's making his second ever professional start in this game, and maybe, I maybe like it helps him. It helps him that there's a pandemic because there's going to be no there's not going to be fans in the stands. I believe for Seattle, so that's I guess that helps him in a way like not having to yeah. play against the twelfth man or whatever. But you know, if I'm the Rams, if I get blown out in this game. And I see that I see that Goff might not be the the quarterback of the future, and I see that um, a lot of future draft picks and draft capital have been invested into building that defense. I I, I kind of start to I kind of start to, to to get worried about um, not not they wouldn't they wouldn't move on from him necessarily, but like uh, a, a light, you you got to light a fire under Sean McVay's ass if they if they get blown out in this game. You got you got to you got to go to him and you got to say hey like. You you mortgaged you you we mortgaged away a lot of our future and like what are we getting out of it you know like think about how much of the Rams future in draft picks and and how many big veterans they've invested into in the in the in a, on the defensive side but on the offensive side like who are you afraid of on the Rams Cooper Cup like 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 Cooper Cup I guess Robert Woods is, is those are fine. I think I those are two those are two good receivers I think that's a little yeah, bit unfair like, to them. Yeah, but like it's not it's not the same as like if you were to face like um uh like like they have nobody to the caliber that DK Metcalf has with Seattle. Like they don't have a guy like that. And that that's that's the issue for this Rams team is that and I obviously golf golf I think is is the main reason for their offensive struggles this year. 
but it's it yeah i i you gotta you gotta do some looking in the mirror if you're the rams after 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 this game if you lose big yeah that's that's definitely true because you know they're a team who was in a super bowl two years ago and yeah to see them be here and playing why well, I, mm-hmm. I don't know uh, two years ago, if you would have picked the teams with the brightest future in the NFL, they're probably at the the very top of it, and they've kind of leveled back out since then. Yep. But I still think th- they've got a lot of guys that I like. I think that they they have built their team, even though, like you said, they've more they've kind of gone all in on this this roster. I think it is good enough to shake up the NFC, but I just think that they got a little bit unlucky with the guy that they made their franchise quarterback uh, getting hurt towards the end of the year. And that, that happens sometimes. That's just kind of the way this league works. It's not always going to, the cards aren't always going to fall your way. You know what I mean? So right, it's, it's tough, but I, I definitely think you're right. If you get beat by a division rival bad in the playoffs, that forces any franchise to take a look in the mirror and maybe make some moves that weren't expected for sure. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the second matchup in the NFC, uh, we have Joe's Nickelodeon Bears game too. How about them apples? The new... What's the deal with that? Why is, oh, that's like, right why is. is that happening? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Nice. Because, well, because like, trying to yeah, they're just trying football. to like appeal to a younger audience. It's gonna be sick though. Like, I'm definitely gonna have it on for, I don't know, a quarter. Then I'll go back to normal depending on how cool it is. Do they have like regular like do they have like the regular broadcast feed of like the announcers or are they like Nickelodeon? That announcers? I don't know. I hope it's that would be sick if it was like <laughs> SpongeBob and like Jimmy Neutron calling the game. That would that that okay, would be so pretty. I, if it was that, since, I would definitely take uh, Nate Burson to watch and that. a Nick Star will be calling the game. Um, it looks like what they call it. Uh, feature one-of-a-kind, kid-focused content, and Nick-themed elements throughout, including a special halftime presentation. If the special halftime... Yeah, it better be like a better bubble be bowl. Better be oh, my oh, And if it's not, then they, they messed up. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't... Like, at this point in time, we, like, shouldn't make riot jokes, but as the saying goes, <laughs> if it's not the bubble bowl halftime show, we riot. Because, like, come on. Like, it's the easiest softball ever. Like, oh, we're going to have football on Nickelodeon now? Hmm, one of the greatest fictional halftime yeah. performances They, they do of say that time. slime will be involved some way, somehow. So, yeah. I, I think it's going to be pretty – it's going to be and pretty like, Nick yeah. and kid-heavy. So, I mean, I, I won't watch that one. I don't have access to Nickelodeon. I don't, I'm a cord cutter. But I'd love to hear uh, what Joe has to say about it next week, for sure. I hope you – do watch it and report your thoughts because I don't know. That's interesting. It's nice that they're trying fun things like as that a, and trying to get a new demographic. As our resident, Chicago, yeah. go ahead. Here's the thing, though. No, here's the thing. So, like, I get like if they're like reaching out to kids, but like more than likely, though, if a kid's going to be into football, it's because like a parent already watches it, right? So, like, I feel like they already kind of have that young group kind of scooped up because, like, I don't know, unless like you know, a kid just, you know, goes off on their own accord and is just like, I'm going to watch football now. But, like, I feel like they already have a young audience because, again, they're already watching the game more than likely with their parents 
if their parents are already a sports fan. So it's a weird move, but it's cool to shake it up, I guess. Give us some. Yeah, different. I would guess it's more to try to get um, the non-sports fans. Like, you know, the kids of non-sports fans, maybe they happen upon it on Nickelodeon. And they, like, it's easy to think, you know, they could watch Alvin Kamara play and be like, wow, I love that guy. I love football now. I'm a Saints fan. I think they're probably hoping for things like that to happen. You know, these are two of the more high-profile teams in the league. So they're just trying to... I don't know. You're trying to spread a game, spread the game in a creative way. I think that's kind of fun. And who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll actually work. Maybe it'll be a thing we'll see more. Yeah, of. Maybe, maybe Trubisky pulls off an upset, and we see, and we yeah. see um, youth jerseys in the NFL skyrocket with with. Wow, Trubisky. that would be true. That would, that would be that something. Be that would be. He was like the number one fan, or the kids were just like huge fans of Mitch Trubisky. Oh That'd be God, so. Weird. That would be amazing. He's a good role model. He's a good role model. It'd be a good one for the kids. <laughs> so, Joe, I'm guessing you're gonna you're gonna pick the Bears here. Can I ask you before you start? Can I ask tell you me, to be tell me why the, the most irrational you could possibly be right now? Oh, yeah. just go all in on your Bears and tell us why <laughs> they're gonna beat the. I mean, I. Week of that. Tell us what Talking you like, how you get it. Where'd you get to? What are you what are you thinking? We're just we're just again, you wanna go with like you know opponents they're facing, fine, but this offense is rolling, right? Like the game against Green Bay, the score didn't really indicate like how that game went. Like it definitely got away from them in the second half, but like they basically played Green Bay how they had to play them was long, sustained drives, and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Now, you're not going to beat him when you're only putting up three at a time, right? Like, I like the going forward on fourth downs. Again, that was stuff you had to do. But you're not going to beat Aaron Rodgers only getting three, right? So that's where it kind of fell apart there. So, like, I don't know, man. This offense has been rolling, like I said, inferior opponents, blah, blah, blah. But they're finally calling the playbook around Mitch, right? Like, this team's pissed off. Like, they're ready to go. They're being written off, like, I'm just ready for it. I don't know. Because, okay, so when they played each other in the regular season, it went to overtime. Well, that was Taysom Hill and Nick Foles, right? So that's just a trash <laughs> match if you throw that in the books. And, again, somehow it went to overtime, and we had uh, Javon oh, was punching people that in the was helmet. That, uh, and that was, whole debacle. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. it's like the Saints – I don't know. Saints and Bears defense is comparable. Obviously, you know, Michael Thomas will be back, but you don't know how that's going to be, right? Just from a condition standpoint, you can't really practice with all, like, facilities and COVIDs being closed down and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, they're going to try to run the ball. Well, you can you can game plan for that, right? Like, I think Michael Thomas, he'll definitely be, like, a wild card there. But then when you get to, like – see, it makes me nervous, though, because here's the thing. So if this really is Breeze's, like, swan song, because there's been, like, rumors and stuff like that kind of – circulating that like this could be his last season right i think that's the biggest wrinkle that makes me nervous that like the bears can't do it right because if it really is breeze's swan song he's just gonna will like he's just not gonna let them lose they'll probably would lose in the next round against who have they the, have they would the, have oh shoot yeah yeah rams Rams, uh, right yes no if the Saints win, they would play Green Bay because the highest remaining seed would play Green Bay. No, and the then two the seed two wouldn't play the one seed in the second round. Like they the would... highest hosting. Yeah, but the, the, 
Yeah, the Saints are the, the Saints are the two seed. Yeah, I realize that, but I'm saying after the wild card, the highest remaining seed goes and plays the one seed, though. Yeah. You're the highest remaining. The Saints would be the lowest remaining. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. All right. Yep. No, okay, I had I, I just yeah. Numbers are numbers are hard like, to, to hi, look like at. you know because I was thinking like highest on the list like because the better ones are but I get it yeah yes all right so I screwed myself up there but oh man I don't know and like Monty's finally running the ball right so if they can do a similar kind of thing is like just these long sustained drives and keep the Saints offense off the field like anything it is possible right and again everybody on this team is getting rid off they're they're mad right. I don't know what's going to happen regardless. Um, they were saying that, like, Nagy is safe. Maybe you bring back Mitch on, like, a two-year deal or something like that, work it out. But I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, the Bears are a dangerous team, though, right? Because, like, they were hot. They were hot. Everybody was on them. And then they stink. So they're they're what I like about them is they're playing with nothing to lose. They don't have to prove anything, right? So, like, when you're going in with nothing to lose, that's when you get that valiant effort of, like, holy shit, we pulled off an upset, right? Like, where you have New Orleans who's like, we can't lose. You have a team like that, they're going to be pressing. So, just coming in as the underdog and just, like, not caring, I'm all for that. So, uh, I, I think know. the three of us are going to go with New Orleans know. here. I, I would have to assume. I know he was trying to be irrational, um, Joe, but that, that seemed like a compelling case. I don't know. The thing is, my, my argument real quick, Talon, is that when Mitch needs to do something, when he has to show up and make a big play, he throws it to the other team or he doesn't make the big play when he needs to. That is, And it's going to come about in this game where he needs to lead a drive and he's going to screw it up. He does, He's done it his entire career. And it sucks for the Bears that that's the case because their defense is so good and they have weapons. But Mitch, every time Mitch needs to make a big play, whether it be a two-minute drive at the end of the half, whether it be last week when they when they needed to make a drive, well, I think they were down two scores to the Bears there late in the third, and he he threw a pick, correct? Uh, he threw he threw on that one drive. that was like down really, really ugly last week, didn't he? It was like. Huh? Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he, he realistically just, should have had like two just, or three just, picks. He got lucky. It just went through. Yeah, and it's and it's like everything about this team. Like, if they had a quarterback that wasn't named Mitch Trubisky, I I would really love the. Nick Foles isn't the answer, but it's he's he's good. Well, Foles isn't either. But what I, I'm just saying, he is as the three of us have called him many a time. He is the grilled cheese of the NFL, and he's never going to do anything for you when it matters. The, so the I, that's, reason that's why I, I, I'm, I can't I'm leaning the Saints. I think it'll be closer than the opening line. The Saints opened up at minus eight and a half. Oh, I'm looking at minus ten. Oh, that's yeah, a full. That's it's a full ten. I don't think they'll win by that much, but I do. I Fuck think that. that the issue that Chicago is going to run into is that. The Saints' defense is, I think, a little bit better than most people probably think it is. They're able to generate pressure pretty consistently with guys like Cam Jordan and Trey Hendrickson and Marcus Davenport and Sheldon Rankins. And they have have a lot of talent 
on their defensive line, and they also have a talented secondary. They have a really talented can, secondary. They have guys that can make plays and guys that can take balls away. So this isn't a team that Mitch can be sloppy with the ball with, and I just don't know if he has that in him, like Noah said, when he can make plays. Because a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a guy like Marcus Lattimore, a guy like Marcus Williams will take the ball away. So I I think we could see one of those three players make a, a really crucial pick when they need to late in the game, and that could kind of be the story of it. So that's why I'm going with New Orleans. But I I understand where you're coming from, Joe, and I do think that you have outlined the game plan. I just don't know if Mitch is going to be able to execute it the way you want him to. And and like in the sense like like last Sunday or whatever, how I like I would have felt better if there were stand like fans in the stands for like Chicago against Green Bay, like that would have helped them. I think it's a huge deal for like the Bears Absolutely. to not have to go into a packed Superdome, right? So like that's going to count for something. I know because mm-hmm. what is New Orleans? Is it just like family members? Because there's been people in there, right? It's just obviously not yeah, full. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what Louisiana – I'm sure their restrictions are different in Louisiana. Maybe it's just uh, – maybe it's just family members. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I know there's been people in the state. But, again, yeah. it's like I feel like their defenses are pretty similar. Again, they square up, you know, depending on what versions of who show up. You could argue that, like, yeah, New, New Orleans probably has better secondary. But, like, again, if they could do – they kind of laid that groundwork against that Green Bay game where if they could just do these long sustained drives and end them in seven, that's a formula to win for this sort of at times lackluster offense. Like it's huge. You just have to get mm-hmm. touchdowns yeah. and not field goals. There's I'll leave it at that. There's definitely a recipe where this is just a catastrophe for the Saints and the wheels fall off of Drew Brees and they pressure him all game long. And maybe the Bears get a special teams touchdown. Maybe they get a couple picks. And you don't need Mitch to be – you don't need Mitch to be um, a game a game manager. You just need him to just flat out not turn the – you just need him to just like, I guess I guess not just immediately drop the ball when it's snapped. Um, I, I, there, there is the potential for that game here. But like D'Angelo said, the Saints defense is really, really good. Um, it, it, and I – I think that this is a game um, where Kamara does well um, for the Saints. And, yeah, I, I agree with D'Angelo. I don't think – I think the Bears cover the spread, but I'm, I'd, I'd say I go Saints Saints by a field goal here, just barely. I think it, it's a close game throughout, but and it, but, if I, but if I'm the Bears, I, I, I try – if the chaos doesn't work, you start putting together a trade offer for Deshaun Watson. And again, like while it wasn't like it's it's not the same teams because again this was like kind of right at the beginning when like the wheels kind of started to fall off for the Bears like this was I think towards the beginning of their slide. Again, they took them to overtime. Now weird stuff happens that could have been an outlier, right? That game could be played over a hundred times and was it the same thing? But they somehow kept it close with not what their yeah, offenses yeah. are now. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 there. Anything can happen. There's finally like a competent kicker for the Bears going into the playoffs. That I feel so bad for Browns fans. They haven't been in the playoffs in 18 years, and they have to go in with Cody Parkey as their kicker. Like they deserve better than that. That's horrible. Like how did the how did the Browns front office not learn from the past 50 years of Brown history, and then they bring in Cody Parkey right as they're starting to like get good and like turn things around. 
that's not a kicker you bring in when you're turning things around. He like belonged on the Jets, and maybe they would be 0 and 16, and then they would have Trevor Lawrence. Like, <laughs> oh man, I feel so bad for Browns fans. That's so stupid. That that front office is so dumb. You just can't let that happen in professional sports. The last game in the NFC. I really, really, really want to zag, but I just I can't. I'm, and that's with the Bucks and the Reds or the football team. Excuse me. I caught Collinsworth made it a slip up on Sunday night. That was kind of funny. Everybody, hey, it's gonna everybody. it's gonna happen. Yeah, but yeah, the Bucks football and the football team. team, team. I'm gonna have to go Bucks here. Brady has been playing pretty well all year long. Has really looked solid these last three weeks, and I, it's just it's a seven and nine AFC East winner that I just I, other than their defensive front, it's just not it's just not an enjoyable. Yeah, the defenses team to are good again. That the problem is is like both defenses are good. It's just Tampa's offense is a lot better than Washington's, but. Man, yeah. that offense could be kind of frisky for Washington, but I don't see it happening. I think, excuse me, I think a lot of these playoff games end up being relatively predictable, which which stinks. I don't, I don't think there's going to be too much chaos. Again, there's a formula for Chicago. I suppose no. there's maybe a formula for Tennessee, but that's kind of a stretch. With uh, that. I'm it, okay it, it with, gonna be with being wrong here. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna wish for a little chaos and I'm gonna put that energy out in the world. I don't think the Bucks are that good. I think they had the advantage of playing four bad teams or three bad teams at the end of the season. And that made them that propped them up and made them look a little bit better. Yeah. The last two quality teams they played, they lost. And since then, of course they're gonna look good. They played the Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, the Falcons. None of those teams are good, especially on defense. I think that this offense struggles it doesn't seem like they've been on the same page all year i like the washington football team football club that's who i'm going with um i think that their defensive front is going to cause issues for brady we know that if you're going to beat brady that's how you got to do it um i know that the bucks have looked great and i know that it doesn't make a lot of sense to pick a seven and nine team against tom brady and it probably is going to make me look pretty stupid when we get back on here next week. Um, but I feel okay about it. I like Chase Young. I like how he's talking coming into the game. I think the defense and, and Ron Rivera's been here before, so it's not he'll have his team prepared. We know that. Um, I think they have a lot to play for, and I think they have a lot that they feel like they need to prove. So I feel okay with the veteran presence of Alex Smith. I know he's basically the ghost of Alex Smith at this point. But I think if the defense can be really good and he can just be average, there's a really chance for this game to be an ugly game. And I don't think the Bucks want to play an ugly game. Definitely not. Definitely not. And I, 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 I want to go. I like I said, I want to go Washington because I feel like we've. It's been a lot of chalk from my end, prediction wise. But I, I just with with Gibson and McLaurin both being banged up over the last couple of weeks and I and with that quarterback whether it's Smith or Heineke I've actually seen there was the story that came out Tuesday that uh, Rivera wasn't opposed to just rotating them in series by series that's never a good sign 
That's never a good Which sign. Is such Remember, bad, remember yeah. when Michigan tried to do that a couple of years ago? That was fun. Um, it was uh, like I, yeah, I, so I wanna, yeah. I think this is the this is the game that should be the Sunday night game because I think this game is the ch- the best chance out of all of them to come down to the final few minutes. I think, but I think I think we get. I think um, I think we get what the NFL wants here. I think we get a close game. It's it's an ugly game, but then Brady leaves a leads a drive at the end, and and gets into the next round of the playoffs. I I want to say Washington. I want to go with you, D'Angelo. I really do. I just can't. Yeah. I really can't. I I this I can't trust this Washington offense to put up enough points to allow them to win. Oh, I can. I completely so. understand. <laughs> nope. This whole time. This whole time we were talking, I was trying to. That that was the game I was most focused on because I was trying we to talk just, myself we into. We just lean into okay, it. Okay, so how can I? How can we, I? We Mike Kevin's is a game time decision. Listen, he's they're a, they're playing in that FedEx. Matters, that def, oh, playing in Washington D.C. is going to be weird uh, with Yo, everything that going on. Weird, Tom Brady. Tom Brady on that. That's a weird turf. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what I'm saying. They're playing in FedEx Field. Tom Brady's old. It could be some kind of weird, like, wintry weather. The field could be slick. He could end up. But he had he did play his, yeah. his first 20 years. Yeah, but that's a nice that's a decent ground. So, like, I don't. Field. It's not Washington. Like, yeah, but he's doesn't. It's not like he's a he's a mobile. But I'm he's saying with that, that that ruined RG three. Like it, that that field has ruined a lot of careers. And I don't want to see that happen to Tom Brady, but if it does, there's your window for Washington to win the game. I like wackier stuff has yeah. happened. Uh, that would be I, that's the game I'm most hoping for something crazy to happen. Is for Washington for to win me, but I just I just don't see it. I hope it happens. Like I I like both defenses, but I just don't see Washington having enough. Like even if like Ronald Jones isn't having a good game, like yeah, there's still ways to move the ball where it's like you either get like awesome offense out of Washington or you get nothing, right? Regardless of how the defense plays, so it it shouldn't yeah. be like a coin flip, but it, to it, me, it really the reason is. I'm like, really going and it Washington, be. and I mean this isn't by any means an endorsement of that team. Mm-hmm. I just don't really think that the Bucks are all that good. I don't think they're a team that Washington's going to go into it scared of. Like, I don't think they're afraid of playing the Bucks. I think they're a little bit of a mirage. And if I'm proved wrong, I'm proved wrong. But I just don't – I don't see it. I don't think that they've really made me a believer in this team and in this roster. I like a lot of the players. I like a lot of the individual parts. But the way that they've come together has been pretty underwhelming, especially in big games and especially against – good defenses and like I said I'll probably be wrong but I I feel okay choosing Washington and putting my faith in a guy like Chase Young to just go bonkers and play at 150 percent for the entire game and really really get after Tom Brady and make him sweat and make him nervous in the pocket because when you do that to Tom Brady you know how it goes we've seen it that's that's when you can really get them and I think if anyone can do it it's that that front they've got a lot of guys who can get after him. And it's not just Chase Young. It's Montez Sweat. They still have a guy like Ryan Kerrigan. They've got a lot of people who can make things interesting for that offensive line, which is pretty good. So, I don't know. I'm excited to watch that one. I'm going to stick by the football team right now and ride with that. 
And if we're if we're doing six degrees of uh, separation here, again, a certain team beat the Bucks, another certain team didn't. So what does that say about the first certain team? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it was a fine Thursday night performance, right? Like, if we're saying one of the best teams in the NFC couldn't beat him, but, uh, you know, the lowest seed did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah. I don't know. Jim, there yeah. we go. I was trying to. It'll be hoping, hoping for some chaos is definitely <laughs> the way to go this weekend. And if I have Nickelodeon, I'm definitely going to check out that Bears game. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like, at least like a quarter. And, like, if it, like, it's is just, like, too great. irritating or it just isn't living up to expectations, I go what back if, to – It is a CBS game. It is a CBS game. This better not be a CBS How amazing would it be, better be a to, to have yeah. Trubisky lead some sort of comeback and then the, the, the post-game, they, the Gatorade dump is just filled with <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. That would be the best thing. That would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome. Although, although in terms of wacky, like, nope, I was going to say bull dumps, but I don't know (laughs) what else to call it. If we didn't get a a cooler full of mayonnaise, I doubt we're going to get a cooler full. That's not a letdown. That was like the biggest letdown for the entire bowl season. I did not. I hate mayo. But you wanted I to see mayo. it, though. I despise yeah. it. I hate that it exists. Nobody wanted to see it except for you. But again, if you're gonna if you're gonna dump Cheez-Its and that is French so fries, different. and people in the Cheez-It and the Idaho potato, <laughs> it's so much you different. Got, Those are dry items. it's totally yeah, different. Yeah, like, you, like the may, like you try just be stuck to the sides of the thing, right? Like there's no and way it, it smells. Works. It smells. It's it's not that thick. If you give yeah, it that's sports, gross. it would, it would make a flop nasty. out. Yeah, it no, was just like, I don't. I no. want to stop thinking about it. <laughs> All right. On another, yeah. On another note, the last thing we're going to touch on is the college football Monday. playoff national championship that will be going on Monday. Is it Monday or Tuesday uh, next week? Some Monday of, next I week. Guess, weird COVID um, type deal. The Nick Saban's daughter is it being a truther yeah. about? Uh, Alabama and Ohio State are matching up. Ohio State dealing with some COVID issues in their facility. Uh, Alabama, I think, is open as the favorite. Uh, Did I? Eight points, yep. Did you say eight points? Yeah, I thought I saw seven and a half. So, yeah, eight-point favorite for the Crimson Tide. Uh, They're coming off a week where they had their star wide receiver Devontae Smith get crowned the Heisman Trophy winner uh, with two of his teammates finishing in the top five in the Heisman voting. Uh, Ohio State, just for reference, had none. So they got that going for him, I suppose. Uh, Jalen Waddell potentially could be back for the title game. Um, Even though the defense isn't what an Alabama defense normally is, uh, I, I'm probably going to lean Alabama in this one. Even with how great Justin Fields looked and uh, Trey Sermon looked last week, or a couple weeks ago, I should say, against Clemson, I, 
I just can't. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Bama. I'm taking Bama to how cover. I don't really think it's going to be close. Bama. If I'm being honest, I just think that, like you said, their offense is too good. I think that Smith is too good for whatever DB Ohio State is going to throw at him. I think that Najee Harris is going to be able to to do some stuff. You know, I think he's a really good runner, and I like the way that he plays. I just I think that it's too much for Ohio State to handle on both sides of the ball, and I know that Bama's not quite what we've seen in years past, but they still have, as always, first-round draft picks on almost every level of their defense. I think they're going to be fine, and I just I just don't see any roadmap to Alabama losing, honestly. they Mac Jones would have to just play, like, the worst game of football that he's ever played, I think. Huh? Joe? You're breaking out. You're breaking up. Uh, oh, oh, no, it was like fine. when y'all were talking, like it'll go because, like, you know how, like, the screen stays lit? It would, like, go to sleep, wake up. It was going all junky. But, yeah, no, the um, off of Odd Shark, the predicted score, and I don't know what fantasy algorithm you're using or whatever, but it's, like, just, like, for the score, is Alabama 53 Yikes. Ohio State thirty six, uh-huh. like yikes. I but like I could definitely see that. I, I absolutely could see that happening. I think it's going to be a shootout all the way, and I think Bam will just. I'm gonna will have a little bit extra in the tank. See, and just like thinking of like from the Clemson roster too, based upon like what Ohio State did there, like okay, Travis Etienne. Yeah, he's been around, but yeah, mm-hmm. Najee Harris is probably better. Obviously, Alabama has like far superior wide receivers, right? Because Clemson had been pretty banged up. I just, I, I don't, yeah. I don't see, I don't see it being like a good game. Like, obviously, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna like root for the Tide as much as like I possibly can. But I don't know. I don't. It wouldn't be as like fun as if we got like uh, a Clemson Tide type of deal, right? Because but again, Clemson got beat, so I don't know. I just don't see how Alabama doesn't doesn't win. And fun fact, the last three um, non quarterback Heisman winners all from Alabama. So take that, Buckeyes. Yeah, take that, Buckeyes. Um, I'm gonna pivot from you guys here. Mm-hmm. Um, one one uh, interesting observation is it's actually the highest the highest over under spread we've ever had in a national championship game. It's at it opened at 76 and a half. <laughs> which is kind of a wildly big number to think about. That's assuming that the teams are going to score in the mid to high thirties, which is usually, which is more than often not the case in the national championship. I, I, uh, I want to pivot here just for, just for fun's sake. I know it's Ohio state and I know we're supposed to hate them, but this is a very lovable team. Is it? Honestly. Um, I know that Chris Bob might not be available for this game for the Buckeyes. I think he's been dealing with some injury stuff, but Justin Fields is the exact kind of quarterback that has given the Alabama defense problems for um, has given the Alabama defense has not that they they're not going to be exposed by any sense because they have so many athletes on that defense. But having a running quarterback in a Deshaun Watson-esque role, I think, gives them a shot to, to pull off this game. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Buckeyes here. I'm going to be different. I think uh, Fields I think Fields puts off a, a stellar stellar performance. Um, Alabama has all the athletes. Yes. But if we're being honest, Mac Jones is nothing special, and um, I go with I go with uh, Ohio State here to to the the team that scores that scores um, 
that's that has the ball in the last. It sounds cliche, but the team that has the last the ball in the last two or three minutes in this game is going to win. I think. I think the, the only thing that worries me about that and like obviously you put you put a ton of faith in Justin Fields, which I think is fine. I think he is a a pretty good quarterback, and I think you can expect him to make some plays. But I th- we all know that he's not a hundred percent healthy in going against some of the athletes that Bama has, knowing that he's potentially like one hard hit away in the midsection from just being playing out of that game. That's kind of scary. And I think that's, we've heard a lot of rumblings on Twitter that Ohio state might be trying to, you know, bide some time to to get him a little more healthy, which do with that. What you will, I don't know if that's true at all. It's probably not, but I don't know. I just, it, Rib injuries scare me, especially going against a team like Alabama, who you know they're going to come in and they're going to be they're going to be prepared for whatever Alabama or Ohio State has to throw at them. I don't know. I kind of like Joe said. I just don't see the roadmap where where Bama loses. Like in. I don't, I don't even know. And again, I like Ryan Day. I I'll, I'll agree with you there, Kellen. That I like Ryan Day. Is Ohio State lovable? No, but I like Ryan Day. It makes him harder to hate. But I just don't think he's going to be able to outcoach Saban. Like I don't care how good you are. It's that's a difficult thing to do. So even in that regard, it's like it's just it's not a foregone con- don't you like a, a foregone conclusion. Saban? But it basically is. I think you is. just disrespected him there there real quick. We didn't get a chance to talk. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. How about oh that hullabaloo? Yeah. That was that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was ridiculous. The only people that you refer that to was in the title absolutely in ridiculous. any form of journalism are political candidates with governor and president, and then you do like religious figures in terms of like father if you're talking like a reverend or something. But to say that he deserves like he's not a god. He's not a he's not a politician. He's not. He doesn't have a position of power. Yes, he's. Yes, he's one of the most powerful men in college. Yes, he's one of the most powerful men in college football. And college football is treated like is treated like an amazingly incredible thing in the South as opposed to in the Midwest. But it's it's to, to that whole thing we're blowing up on the young reporter. That that's just a that's just a stupid stupid thing. And I I want to see Nick Saban lose this game because of that. That's that's fair. Can I tell you a stat really quick? Yeah, was it Saban? Was it was it Saban that blew up on on her, or was it? I, I thought it was. Yeah, a, I thought it was know, other it people. Was was calling up on her and like that guy. Okay, that I just guy, I, no, I just wanted to make I just wanted to make sure. Through the coals on Twitch. Last couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, he went he went fishing. Go with, go ahead. With fishing. Okay, so um, I guess at some point today, Sean Wade, he's a cornerback for Ohio State. He called out and uh, said that he wanted the Devonta Smith matchup. And so in response, PFF College tweeted out this stat. Devonta Smith scored 20 touchdowns this year, obviously first in college football. Sean Wade allowed six touchdowns himself this season. That's the third most in college football. So if they match him up with the receiver that just won the Heisman, he is going to get absolutely shredded like he did last week against like there's clips all over Twitter. He's getting roasted for coming out and saying that, but I just, I think that's kind of emblematic of how this game's going to go. I just don't think they're going to be able to cover Alabama and all the weapons. 
Only time I'll say it in my life, but go Buckeyes. Ooh, that's that's go disgusting. Buc- I want to see it happen. I want to see it for Justin Fields. Ooh. Oh. And then yeah. and then spearhead too a little bit. Granted, like, you know, this was like part of the semifinal. <laughs> but can we finally stop pretending that Notre Dame is good? Like, is that is that little narrative over? Like we gave them another chance and everybody was proven right once again. Yeah, it's it's a bad look for them. I just I don't know what you're like. How can you leave out a one loss Notre Dame that played the same schedule as Clemson and, and had the same record as Clemson, and their losses were the same? But if like, we're gonna, they lost to each other, if we're gonna like keep that, like, like, pretending that they're good though, stay in a uh, conference. Like I have no problem if it's like, but like as an independent, all the chances that they got, like. They're not good. And then, oof, Brian Kelly getting yeah. testy reporters. That's one of my favorite things to see. I hate him so much. Like, I realized, like, what else is he supposed to say? But, like, oof. I think I was, that yeah. was, those, I think I was contractually to obligated yeah. not to say anything negative about Brian Kelly while I was working. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, yeah. I, no, you could. That's that's about where he has success at Division Two, and that's it. He's only pro- he's only been a proven winner at Division I mean, Two. Just saying. I mean, yeah, he he wins games. It's just they're yeah, hey, not. Come back to come back to GV the cream of the crop. Titles for yeah, us. yeah, yeah. That's and that's fine. I, I understand where you're where you're coming from. But but it's the same. They're not games that matter. Yeah, they just don't. It's matter. the same facade though with like. Is like I'm saying this is like a Michigan fan, but it's a fan. It's the same facade that we put on Michigan. Like they're not what we think they are. Like well, at this I point, th- going to a bowl game is a successful season for Michigan football, right? And like that's the same thing where you have this like deep history, and yeah, you want to like, okay, that's fine to like put some of I that think- into account, but they're just miles ahead of these other elite programs. When they get they get dudes too somehow, but it just somehow they've. Started behind oh, the eight with, ball, without a doubt, I think and it's just an impossible game of situation, and they they kind of always have been. Maybe a little bit of that is their own fault, you know, being independent for so long. But I, I think this year they they did earn their chance. I thought that their defense was was kind of for real, and I think that was the main thing that I saw with that team. But obviously, that wasn't the case, and and, and yeah. maybe it's just the case that there are three teams in the country who are just far superior to the others. And the that doesn't make Notre Dame not good. I think that the other teams are just that much better. And, and I th- that might just be the state of college football right now. I think that's more about those three teams yeah. than it is about Notre Dame. But I understand where you're coming from about Brian Kelly. And nobody wants to watch another Notre Dame team get blown out in a college football playoff semifinal. I, I am tired of it. I completely agree. But I think this year they had to earn their spot. It's just, yeah, they played Alabama. and Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Like maybe. I just hope we 100%. get, I just hope we get some Alabama expansions Clemson. so yeah. we can get some other teams in there and get just get some different like, matchups, you know. So, yeah, well, no, I mean, it's like, not as Alabama, like, Ohio State, but it, point it, taken. It, I guess, it, I guess, it's the only good argument for only having four teams in the playoff is that it's really only possible for three teams to win the college football playoff every year. It seems like, and that's Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And if you're not in that 
if you're not in that, and like Joe said, Michigan fans need to stop pretending like they're a part of that elite group. It's not 1997 anymore. And can we quick address the rumors of Harbaugh yeah. being signed on until 2026? I know we touched on it last time, but. It's ridiculous. Hey, they got rid of Don Brown, it. though. It's and then he immediately found employment idea. afterwards. <laughs> But hey, yeah. maybe good defense will um, play in the I will pack, stay so really here though. now, real quick. I'm not going to go too uh, far into it, but yeah, if that if that extension happens, I'm out. I'm good. I'm done with them. Yeah, like I I mean that. Yeah, I mean I'm not like I can't be a fan of of that. Okay, but here's the thing. I'm good. I'm good. But how much of it though? And again, obviously, like I'm a big Harbaugh supporter. How much of it, though, is him just being like castrated a little bit from like administration and stuff? Because, because again, that his first year there, like they're one miscalculated down away from possibly making it to the playoffs. That was, was his, that? that was his third year. His first year, they, they yeah, Rudock was been, like, was in there so long. Or no, that was Rudock, wasn't yeah. it? It was it was the Iowa. Yeah, he's been there the too. Like, like I almost wonder again because yeah. there have been teams that are competitive, but is he just being mm-hmm. held down by like the athletic, like you know, and boosters and stuff like that? Are they not letting him? I think be able that's... to actually because they still get dudes, but again, they're just so far. Yeah, but like, shouldn't that shouldn't that be the biggest and shouldn't that be the biggest indictment of him though? He gets five stars and he he can't even compete. He, like people like Michigan fans say like, oh, the only reason Ohio State's better is because they get all these five stars. Like, yeah, of course, of course they do. But so does like mm-hmm. Michigan has, I think, uh, four of the six recruiting yeah. classes were in the top eight that Arbus had. Like, it's not an. It's, like talent is not an excuse. Yeah, it's my, coaching yeah. up that talent right. is the excuse, and that's all on. It's all on Harbaugh. He's the problem. Well, I think Gattis Gattis made, made, this whole experiment too, was. which was stupid. I mean, to when begin it was with. Harbaugh's offense, it was terrible to watch. It was an eyesore. I think. I don't know. I think that was a bit of. I think that might be a bit of a misread. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think administrative situation. Maybe I feel like he's yeah. had all the support in the world, especially financially. I mean, this team's been. Doing yeah, doing camps overseas and I don't know. Well, it just yeah, seems to me like he's he's shit. all bark, no bite. He's just he's just a, a show coach and he's not a coach. He doesn't do anything kinda, that a coach does. He he just kind of talks. If, I kind of wonder if the the thought of the boosters and it's hard to put it's hard to put what other people are thinking. It's hard to assume anything like that. But I wonder if if they look at it and they say. Hey, we know that Harbaugh is never going to really be make Michigan a national contender, but like who is a national contender other than those three teams right now? So I guess there's the whole aspect of a, you can throw this season, you can say COVID ruined this season. And you can say, you know, if Michigan's not the power it used to be, if you can get to nine or 10 wins and win a bowl game, is that, is that enough for Michigan boosters? I guess if you can say, "Hey, look, double-digit wins, a couple of." If he stays there for years, he's got to eventually win a big, t- a big Big Ten game. I think that has to statistically. Are I think you it's sure? To. I I don't know. I that's the other thing is that it's just like yeah. I I 
I, I don't know. It's, it's a hard, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand the rumors of it. I, it doesn't make sense. I know he was, I know he was Shem Beckler's quarterback, but like that shouldn't have as much weight as, as, as Michigan media seems to be putting into it. I don't, I, it's, I, it's, it's just, it's not fun to watch Michigan football. It's just, it, it, it hasn't been for a long time. And, and that's, that's, that's why you need to get rid of Harbaugh. I think is you get all those recruits like Noah said, and you do nothing with that. So what? Yeah. 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 I was just, I was going to say like from that stand, like if the boosters are thinking to themselves, well, who else is going to do this? Well, like what's the point of bringing in these high profile recruits if you're not going to do anything with them? Like mm-hmm. Mark mm-hmm. D'Antoni or Mark D'Antonio did did a phenomenal job at Michigan State with three and four stars and two stars and, and walk-ons. He he was able to find these diamonds in the rough and coach them up to be better than now they might not have had NFL success, but that's not like if that's all you care about is being able to say like, oh that guy made it to the NFL. He was really good. Then he, I then sure bring in Harbaugh because he's gonna bring five stars that are inevitably going to make it to the pros. But if you want somebody who's going to coach up your players and, and make them better, I mean, look at all these small, small, uh, smaller schools. Cincinnati, what Luke Fickle's doing in Cincinnati right now, like Michigan would should be dying I, to have a coach like Luke Fickle who can get these low-profile guys no, and turn them into agree. a Isn't national. Isn't this kind of like contender. his mo? Don't but, we have a pattern of it this? It, it's like not going to happen with Harbaugh. To a new place. The fans get excited about it. There's a lot of talk about it. When he goes somewhere, when he goes to a new job, it's exciting. People think that he's going to turn it around. You know, he was he was good at Stanford. I mean, he had one of the best quarterbacks in the. He probably had the best quarterback in the school's history. I'm sure I'm missing someone, but he he's kind of gotten pretty lucky in some of the places he's been, and he hasn't had six, sustained success on like a big scale anywhere i mean stanford never really won that much he made it to a super bowl in the nfl and lost and was pretty bad after that he never really won anything at michigan he came in it looked like maybe it was going to be interesting you know more big recruits more big names and it's all just been a disappointment why would you opt into five more years of that that just doesn't make any sense to me yeah yeah the one thing you got to give credit harbaugh credit for over this past decade is the ability to drive the media around him, the ability to create attention for a program, the ability to create buzz with the, the Michigan recruits and, and the Stanford recruits, he made making Stanford back into a national power. Um, like the ability to drive up that buzz has been, I guess that's a thing. I, I don't know if that's necessarily a skill onto him or if that's just the media playing him up, but like, yeah, it's it's been a disappointment, and it's going to continue to be a disappointment. And Michigan, and until Harbaugh is out, Michigan is a basketball. Sure. Yeah, at this at this point, it seems more like he's like a yep. he's a personality. He's like a he's like a character caricature of a coach more than he is an actual coach. It just seems like like you said he he definitely knows how to sell himself and how to sell himself to a, a fan base, but that's not enough. It's yeah. It's just not. And again, how like how could they not like you just said like they're real quick calling it their basketball school. How could they not learn from that? Like they went from Grandpa B to Juwan Howard. Like 
that, that that must be what it feels like to be like an Ohio State fan or yes. something with football. Like that was such like a seamless transition, right? Like, weren't they, like aren't those and Michigan basketball is going to be damn like, good? These are former Michigan guys who are coming. You know what I mean? And oh, I think yeah. it's a little bit different because the basketball program. That's what I'm saying. Like it worked the football out. Program had had when they inherited the jobs, but yeah, I don't know. Everything Juwan has been doing seems to be going. Really, really great. That, yeah, and that team is is a lot of fun, and they're only getting more fun with the more guys. Yep. Yeah, the success that the basketball team has had this year that's yeah. blown me away with how well they've been able to play, and and it, it really boils down to Hunter Dickinson being phenomenal this year. He's the He's the real deal, and he's he's what's really leading this uh, Michigan basketball team. But we're getting almost to an hour and a half, and I think yeah. we got to start wrapping it up here. And so, a lot of great talk, a lot of great football this weekend. The the Harbaugh stuff was not planned, and so that was that was a good conversation to have there at the end. But yeah, a lot of great football to watch this weekend uh, on Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday we had the national title game. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to talk to you guys. Uh, be sure uh, uh, to check out uh, some of the writing that Kellen and I have been doing for a couple of blogs. Kellen with fan side, correct? Or clutch points, clutch points, clutch points. Yeah, a lot more sports and sports right now. Um, so follow follow yep. all those updates at Fox Seventeen as well. Yeah. Absolutely, and I, I myself just started writing for a blog, Upside Hoops. Uh, it's a, it's a bit of a startup, and so still, uh, still getting some stuff out there. Starting to write a few. St- I, I got a couple stories out there. One on uh, the Pistons, not bringing back Christian Wood, and I just posted another one on uh, Terry Ozier, sort of coming back into his own. So those are a couple of stories yeah, that are out there. Football next so week. yeah, look forward to it. Uh, be sure to check all that out, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you guys next week. Indeed, indeed. Oh, hey, real quick too. By the way, Zion Williamson. I told you, Joe. stupid yeah, you, you got to give that up. Stephen Adams I've is going to ruin that. that for you. <sighs> Good. Again, dude, because yeah. it was coming in at like stupid, stupid numbers, and yeah. it was hard not to, but. I've learned my lesson. Then it was freaking, uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook yesterday was uh, <laughs> two rebounds short of a triple double. That would have been that would have been nice. Peyton Pritchard would it would have been that nice. Guy. Get I would right He's that. kind of been a spark off the bench a little bit there for the C's. At the <laughs> NBA talk, Joe. Next maybe time. bring the hey Joe. Joe, bring these things up <laughs> before I wrap up. All right, all right. <laughs> Yes, we'll talk more NBA next time after we...